Good afternoon. Jeff Stevens here, listening to some Set for the Fall again. Love listening to these guys. Good friends, great band, believers. Um, you know, times are tough for uh, bands who are should be out touring and making their living on the road and with what's been going on with the virus and it's been a tough time. So I'd encourage you to support Set for the Fall. If you get a chance, look them up. Fantastic band. Uh, anyway, I'm coming to you this afternoon with something that's been on my heart uh, quite a bit lately uh, just because of what we've been doing um, as a family in life and uh, things that we've uh, been studying and things that have become evident to us about the way we've uh, prepared our kids for the world or have failed to prepare our kids for the world. And it's something that I thought I would share in the latest episode of my podcast and hopefully it'll be a a blessing to you uh, and something you can take with you. Uh, I want to talk about uh, just the foundations for our faith. So what I mean by that is what do we teach our kids is the truth and uh, where do we start? So you know recently we decided to go on a little bit of a road trip and we took our kids up to the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter uh, in Northern Kentucky. Um, You know, Ken Ham put that thing together and some even in Christian circles would consider him uh, pretty fringe. He's a a new earth science uh, guy, new earth believer. Um, And, you know, a lot of scientists would would really uh, come hard against him and say that he was uh, a pretty crazy guy. And that may be true, but he's firm in his faith and shares the gospel. I respect the man for that. Um, Part of the reason that he seems so fringe is we've just been programmed in the public school system to believe something. And we can't get away from it. So whatever the truth is and where it lies... Um, you know, we've grown up in a society where we've been programmed to believe one thing and that's what's stuck in our heads. But by creating a firm foundation, um, I think what we can do is we can protect our children from falling away from the faith. I want to explain myself a little bit. I don't expect you to jump on a bandwagon of new earth creation because I know that's a far reach for a lot of you. But what I do want to do is encourage you to look at what are your kids learning in school? And what are they learning starting probably as young as elementary school? And as they ramp up, by the time you send them off to college, there is absolutely no expectation for them to believe in any of the firm foundation or the pillars of the Christian faith that support the story of Jesus. And those pillars, that foundation, they start all the way back in Genesis with the creation story and with the flood. And so I don't intend this podcast to be full of uh, scientific evidence. I'm not one to to share uh, names of guys with uh, PhDs behind their name that have lots of theories. Um, 
that's not the point. The point is not who can present the most evidence because evidence can be, you know, evidence is, is subjective at some points, right? Um, what we really need to do is as believers create a defense for our kids so that they understand when they go out into the world that they're firm in their faith. Some of that might be having lots of real strong scientific evidence if that is their desire to move into that world. Some of it's just being well-read enough that you can say to yourself, I read some of the evidence and I understand enough to know that I'm not going to move away from it. So, you know, I'm not a mechanic, uh, but I understand enough about my car to know if something's not right to bring it to a certified mechanic. I'm not, uh, you know, a doctor, but I, I know enough when I'm out of my realm that I need a doctor, that I can trust a doctor's opinion and make decisions for myself based on that information without having to reference that doctor's name. There, There's information we can take in to build foundations for our life without having to be an expert on that. So I say all that to say this. We're sending our kids into school and they're learning evolution. They're learning evolution from the stance of there is no God. There's no presentation whatsoever. So first and foremost, public school is the enemy. They are the enemy of your child because they are teaching your child the complete opposite of what Jesus would have taught your child. They are teaching your kids that they are an accident. That through a big bang in a series of events that up out of the slime crawled humankind. Now, there is a thing, uh, you know, called evolutionary creationism. And this is um, some believers out there who believe that through um, God's sovereignty, evolution happened. Now, I, I have some real serious problems with this, and some of this even comes right from Ken Ham's camp. And I totally agree with him on this, and that is, if there was evolution, then how did sin come in? So we are taught through our creation story in Genesis that God created mankind, Adam and Eve, and that through eating of the tree, sin enters humankind. So if God created an evolutionary process, that would mean that through evolution, things would be born and dying and things would be eating one another and there'd be killing and death. And if that happens, that would mean that death and destruction would have been around before sin. And if that's true, if those things did happen before sin, then what God created would not be perfect. What God created would have been imperfect and things would have died and decayed and eaten each other and killed each other. Uh, there would be the contest of humankind against animals, uh, humankind against humankind. These things would have existed prior to 
when sin enters, and that is the complete antithesis of the foundation of our story, where we believe that sin enters into God's perfect creation. So what does this say about God? Well, if God is holy, if God is perfect, then can God create something that is imperfect? Can God create something that is going to kill something else, something that is going to die? And this, is, this does not mean potential. This does not mean free will. This means God actually creating something with death already built into it. So what we do when we open ourselves up to that is we absolutely destroy the foundation of our faith. Um, and and we, we need to be careful with that. Now I'll go back to what the schools are teaching, and that is through the evolutionary process, we're going to deny a lot of things. We are going to deny the creation story. We are going to deny sin entering humankind. We are going to deny the proto-evangelium. So the proto-evangelium really comes from Genesis 3.15, which is the first gospel, right? This is the first hope. This is where God lays out the plan for the seed of Eve to crush the head of Satan. This is God telling us, I am going to send you a savior. See, this is the foundation for it all. How do we know it's the foundation of it all, though? Does Jesus know this? Does it matter if I'm just teaching that Jesus came and Jesus rose from the dead? And it doesn't matter as long as I believe in Jesus. Well, oddly enough, if you look at the words of Jesus in John 5, 46, he says this, for if you believed Moses, you would believe me for he wrote of me. You see, Jesus believed Moses because Jesus was there at the creation. Jesus knows that what Moses wrote of was absolutely the truth. Moses wrote the first or recorded the first five books in the Bible and Jesus or Moses wrote of the creation and of the flood and he was not a liar and Jesus knew this and Jesus references this in the book of John and this is really important because if we believe Jesus then we should believe Moses the foundation is unshakable it is extremely important as we move out of creation through the protoevangelium or the plan I'll give you that reference again, Genesis 3.15. We can look at the flood as well, where if we look at the flood story, Jesus says in Matthew 24.37, For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Now, this is a reference to things getting bad and the second coming of our Lord. But what's important is that here's this guy, God, Jesus, 2,000 years ago, that we've got explicit, amazing um, texts that support that it is reliable, um, that it is the inherent word of God. And we say we can believe all that. We say we can believe all the New Testament. We have the words of Jesus here referencing 
the days of Noah, which means Jesus believed it. Jesus believed in the flood. Jesus believed that Noah built the ark. Jesus believed that the redemption story that God built through Noah and his family was going to happen again, but through him, that he would be the redeemer this time. So it's really important that we take these things in. Now, the, the first part where I kind of go after the schools is when we send our kids to school, if you don't have any other options besides a public school, is how are we getting this into our kids? And I think there's so there's some resources out there, and some may be better than others, but with the um, you know the internet today, there are plenty of resources for creation science like ICR and Answers in Genesis, where there are things you can look at that will help support uh, you teaching your kids things other than um, just what the public school will teach them. The second part of this that I want to get into um, is not only about the creation story and the flood story and where our foundations are built in our kids, but when it comes to our kids, what are our kids learning while they're at church? So having been a guy that was saved uh, after he was married and after you know we started having kids, you know, my wife and I were not very good at kind of the things of church. Um, and unfortunately, we didn't have great mentorship or leadership at that time, even when we'd go for counsel. You know, I remember one of the first times we went for counsel, uh, one of the answers I got was, have you guys read the Bible together? And I was like, no. Well, what does that mean? We'll go home and read the Bible together and then come back and talk to me. I don't even know what that means. Like, where do I start? Do I start in Genesis? Uh, are there specific verses I should reference? I didn't know anything about biblical marriage. So we didn't know where to begin. So as you can imagine, as a young couple, what do you do with your kids? So, well, you stick them in the children's ministry. You know, when they're really little, there's probably nothing wrong with getting read a simple Bible story and then kind of letting them play. Um, But at some point, they need to learn to kind of think on their own. Um, so what, what we need to be doing is paying attention to what they're being taught. So, um, if you stick them in a youth group all the way up through their teen years, well, one is the youth group just playing games. Are they learning, um, things of the word of God? Are they studying the Bible? Are they learning deep issues? Are they learning things about their creation? Um, Are they creating foundations for themselves that allow them to argue for their faith, to defend their faith? Or are they just going and messing around and playing games? This is really important because when we just kick our kids into a youth group, we don't necessarily... um, get the return that we think we're going to get. So that responsibility is still ours. I would start here with, is the youth pastor qualified? Is it just some kid who doesn't know the word of God well themselves and they don't understand what is supposed to be given to your kids? 
Um, you know, Christ was very clear that we're supposed to raise them up in the way that they should go. So what does that mean? That means they should be learning the things that we are learning. So you know, every kid might be a little bit different when it comes to when they're able to kind of sit and study. But if you're st- sitting for an hour in church and there's some worship involved and it's an hour or so, I would say most kids, you know, right out of their single digits should be able to sit with you and learn things. It also comes down to doing some home study as well, where we're discussing deep issues. And this would include social issues, what's going on in the world and how to refute them, what's going on in the world and how to argue about them in a loving manner, but also the foundations of our faith, why we believe what we believe. So I'm bringing all this up because this has really been on my heart a lot because I think about what we went through as a couple and how we raised our kids. And, and, and there are times when our kids solely relied on the youth group. And I was fortunate because my interest in the things of God grew as my faith grew. And as I decided to go through seminary uh, later in life, my kids were still young enough that they became kind of my own home social experiment. So I was able to, um, you know, bounce the things that I was learning off from them on a regular basis. And it helped deepen their faith, I believe. So I was fortunate in that. And I realized not everybody's in that situation. But I would also say this, it doesn't take a seminary student, a seminarian or a pastor or, or a preacher or a teacher to have these conversations with your kids. It really just takes a couple of minutes of research. It takes having a, a a book called the Bible in your hands, doing some reading and some praying with your kids and showing them that you care about developing those foundations. So when they do go out into the world, um, we don't lose them because the world is just filling them full of the junk that it's going to fill them with to try to pull them away from the faith. I would remind you all, this is important to say out loud that Satan is actively trying to pull your kids from you. He is actively trying to pull your kids from your hands and destroy their faith and send them directly to hell. He hates us. He's the deceiver and he wants bad for us. What Jesus has done for us partly has placed some, not the responsibility of their salvation, but the responsibility of teaching on you as a parent. You have these kids in your home, develop them, raise them, help make strong kids that are able to uh, argue their faith, not for the sake of necessarily evangelism, but just self-preservation where they know what they believe and why they believe it because we've instilled those truths on their heart through their reading and study and implementing these principles and developing the foundations that start all the way back in Genesis 1, in the beginning God created, and end all the way at the point where we understand that Christ is and will be coming back to redeem his creation and redeem believers who called on his name in their darkest hour because they believed he is who he said he is. So that's my encouragement to you today. Uh, Don't trust anybody to just 
develop your kids' foundations. The schools are actively after your kids to change them into the world. And the churches are not always doing a good job because liberalism has squeaked its way into the church and has made the church very weak. I would say start at home. Make sure that the leadership in your youth group is strong. If it is not, don't put them in there. If it is, only trust them enough uh, to have fun on Sunday, but it is your responsibility to give them those truths. So my prayer for you is that you would do that. Stay strong. Stay on the grind. Be blessed. And I hope you enjoyed your uh, 4th of July weekend. And uh, happy birthday, America. (laughs) 